Welcome to Sports Cash, a space to discuss sports and money. I'm your host, KD. And this is your host, Vlad, Mr. ESPN. What's up, Cash Crew? Happy New Year. Welcome to the new decade. And with a new decade, we got to reminisce a little bit. We're going to go back, all the way back to 2010 and talk about the decade in sports. Vlad, how you been? Happy New Year. I'm good. I'm good. Happy New Year to everyone. Um, We got a different episode, a special episode this week. Um, Again, like KD said, you know, we just want to do what we call a little recap. Um, all the memories that we remember from this past decade, all the big highlights, the big transcending things that happened in all the leagues. So this episode, kick back and listen up. We just, you know, we're going to elaborate on our personal opinions on all the stuff we remember from the past decade. All right. So let's start here. What was the most dominant team? And of course, we're talking about NFL and NBA. Um, I don't know nothing about baseball, really. Uh, so we're going to talk about NFL and NBA. What was the most dominant team uh, since 2010, from 2010 to 2020 for you? Well, for me, um, I'm going to do NFL first. I'm going to say most dominant player in the NFL, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Just only because, yes, he's had a couple of injuries here and there, but Aaron Rodgers never had a stacked team every year. But Aaron Rodgers has proved to us, you know, year in, year out, he puts up the big numbers doesn't throw a lot of picks, and he can say, hey, I can get you, 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 don't matter. Can you catch? Come play with me. And he wins games. Um, So I'm I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. Um, Most dominant team in the NFL, hate to say it, but I'm going to have to go with the New England Patriots in the NFL. Um, Mm -hmm. They got, I think, three Super Bowl wins in this past decade. So you, you you can't bet against that. I'm going with New England Patriots. Yeah, so team and player, uh, of course, I'm going to go with Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Um, not necessarily a fan of that team. Not a fan at all of that team. But you got to recognize three championships within uh, the, the decade. Um, and they've gone to more than that. So, you, you, and they ran into a buzzsaw in the, in the, in the, um, the Eagles. So, I got to go with with Tom Brady, most dominant player in the NFL, and then, of course, the Patriots. Because for me, I'm going to put – I know Aaron Rodgers has the stats, but he only has one ring in that whole decade. So I'm going to go with with Tom Brady. Fair enough. Fair enough. What is your most dominant team and player in the NBA? Well, for NBA, I think it's no clue here. I got to give it to LeBron James for most dominant player. Um, LeBron has won four championships. Within this decade, um, he's also been to nine out of ten finals. That's dominance across the board. Um, he's breaking records every year. He's taking. Hold on, hold on. I, you got to back up for a second, man. Nine out of ten, ten. finals. He's Mr. Finals for this decade. That's yes. ridiculous, man. Nine out of ten. He might be the most dominant. Play. I don't know. I don't want to start nothing crazy, but he. he that's incredible. Like I said, hate, love the man, you, you got to respect greatness. That's that's dominance. I mean, yeah, I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon. And it, honestly, it's it was nine straight until obviously that injury two years ago when he, you know, put his groin in Golden State on Christmas Day. But 
Not and then not, he went right back. <laughs> and then he went, yeah, then the next year he got AD and went back to the finals and won it. But, yeah, winning four championships in this decade, taking three different teams to the finals in this decade, winning three, no, winning four MVP finals in this decade and going to add a 9 out of 10, I think there's no clue here. It's LeBron James. Um, but most dominant team, I am going to go with the Golden State Warriors. Um, I agree with that one. You know, going to five championships, obviously they won three out of five. But I don't think we're going to see another dominant team like this in a very long time as far as, you know, you got obviously the most dominant backcourt with Clay and Steph, probably the best two shooters ever. Then you had a um, one of the best scorers in the probably ever in Kevin Durant, and all of them was in their prime Yeah, at the same time. Um, so I'm going with the Golden State Warriors. Three championships out of five years, dominance. Yeah, I can't. Actually, I I would go with both of the same. Um, LeBron, of course, most dominant. And then, of course, uh, Golden State, most dominant team. That was a fun five years. Um, I was hoping maybe LeBron stayed with Miami for a little bit longer. Maybe we would have seen something crazy with them going head-to-head, but... It is what it is, so I agree with those. But then again, my if he stayed in Miami, Kevin Durant might have, might have not went to Golden State. Well, they didn't really need him. I mean, well, yeah, they they, did. they were winning well, no, before him. No, they needed him because they lost in 2016. So true. Draymond called Kevin Durant in the parking lot, say, "Hey, we can't lose to LeBron again." But yeah, definitely Golden State most dominant. Um, but what's your most, I guess, memorable performance, individual and team? Ooh, that's. Most memorable. Uh, I guess I'm biased for this because in the NFL, most memorable performance for me is going to be the Eagles uh, against the Patriots in 2000. What was that? 2018? 17. 17? I feel so long ago. Um, So that's going to be most memorable for me just because of the way that they did it. We haven't seen the Patriots ever since until this season, really. We haven't seen him get stomped so hard in in a championship game. So that was thrilling. And then on top of that, I was at uh, my best man's house. And then we were laughing in his face because he's a Patriots fan. So that was the most memorable um, performance for a team for me in the NFL. And uh, you said team as well or player as player, well? Player, yeah. Player is tough. Player, I might, I might have to get a rain check on that one because I can't really... Nothing yeah, that's about. a hard one. Nothing stand- for the NFL anyway. That's hard I'm sure one. there's many of them, but uh, I can't think of one right now. Okay, well for me, um, I agree. I might be biased again. I'm definitely going to take the Philadelphia Eagles for most memorable performance. Um, backup quarterback. Um, we, you know, we caught a hot streak going into the playoffs. Um, Nick Foles played almost perfect throughout the playoffs. We went against a elite team in the Patriots and. It was a shootout. It wasn't even, you know, a low-scoring game. I think both teams scored over 40. Um, Nick Flores played well. And the Philly special. You know, Philly, we, put, we put out a play in our playbook that nobody saw coming. Even I didn't even see that coming. So that's definitely a performance that will definitely stick out. As far as individual performance in the NFL for player, there's a few. Um, wow. I'm going to go with, I don't remember the numbers, but. I remember there was a game, I think J.J. Watt had maybe four or five sacks in the game. Um, for those that play football or DN, that's hard to do. Some some people don't even get four or five sacks in a season. Facts. <laughs> um, 
Obviously, Brady is in there. I believe there was a year where Brady threw 50 touchdowns plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I don't know if you guys remember this. Anybody remembers Aaron Rodgers' performance against Dallas in Dallas to beat them in the playoffs. That's my most favorite one. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers went completely perfect in the um, scoring drive. Um, and then I had that big throw to Jerry Cook. Um, and then that led up to the game-winning field goal to beat Dallas. So that's um, most dominating performance. Most memorable. Oh, I'm sorry. Most memorable. But um, how about for the NBA? Most memorable performance in the NBA Ooh, from 2010 to 2000. Uh, this was memorable not for a good reason. Um, LeBron's performance against Dallas, first year that they went to the championship, J.J. Barea's guarding you. I'll never forget LeBron or forgive LeBron for that, man. We had just moved at the time, so I was literally watching the uh, finals on a milk crate, man. I was like a, I guess, yeah, it, it was a milk crate. I was sitting on a milk crate, and uh, my TV was on a milk crate as well at the time because we hadn't moved in fully. And uh, I just remember seeing that and yelling, cussing at the screen like, what the hell are you doing, LeBron? That's JJ. That's Mouse in the House. He's as tall as me. Like, what are you doing? So that was most memorable because of the despair that I had. Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> um, What about team? Most memorable performance of a team hmm go with yours let me see if it jogs my memory this is a long decade <laughs> it, it, it is a long decade um for this decade i'm going to take my young my young star i'm going to take Devin booker uh the performance he did in boston scoring 70 um reason why because nobody's ever touched that outside of kobe who had 80, 81 and Devin. You know, came close to that. Um, but it's just the fact, even he did lose that game as a team, but the fact at his age, he was 21 when that happened. Sheesh. Baller. D-book. Um, and, I mean, he just he, he just put on performance. But there's also one other one. I don't know if a lot of people remember this, but I always go back and watch this on YouTube. There's a performance, and if you're a Knicks fan, you're going to enjoy this one. There's a performance Mr. Carmelo Anthony did. It was an April game. And Madison Square Garden against Chicago. I'm going to give you a recap of kind of a play-by-play how it happened. So, Melo... Knicks are down by three. Melo goes to the right elbow. Shoots a three over Luol Deng. Ties it up. Sends it to overtime. Fast forward then overtime. Melo calls for the ball. Goes to the same spot. Does the same move over Todd Gibson. To win the game. And I think Melo had about maybe 36 that game. Um, but that game really showed the ability of Melo. He he did post-ups, pull-ups, one dribble, two dribble pull-ups. He drove to the lane and once. He dunked on people. Um, he was shooting the three ball. He was assisting. I mean, his offense repertoire was on display that whole game. And I, that was one of my favorite, favorite performances by Melo. Um, this decade, but okay, I got one. Okay, um, this spans a couple. I had to look it up to make sure I got my dates correct. Um, 2013, Miami went on a 27 game winning streak. I remember that, and uh, 
what made it so thrilling and memorable for me, of course, I'm going to remember this because I'm a fan, obviously, but um, what made it so memorable is how they won. Because they had to wear that black hat, everybody hated them no matter. I, I still, to this day, I haven't seen the level of hate from city to city to city. I imagine it had to get really tiring for those guys. Like, Absolutely. Bruh, like, come on. We, we we just playing basketball. But they really started a trend, and, you know, with LeBron with his decision, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But uh, 27 games, it just felt like that was a one time that I felt like my team could never lose. Like, mm, I, I really felt like they were unbeatable and they might go the distance. So, that was very memorable for me, for real. So, 2013. That's your, that's your team performance? Yep, team okay. performance. Me, I'm going to, I mean, I think this is a no-brainer. I'm, I'm going to have to go with the 2016 Cavaliers. Okay. I don't think we ever seen or we might not ever see something like this. Just the magnitude. Think about what happened. That year, Kobe retired, Right. Um, oh, now now that I speak of it, I might put Kobe as performance because scoring sixty on your last game going out on your world tour, what that was. Even he took like fifty some shots, but man, goosebumps, yeah, hair raising. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that year Kobe ends up retiring. Golden State goes seventy three and nine. Sheesh. Golden State washes everybody in the playoffs. Right, goes to the finals up two zero, then end up going up three one. Cleveland is going to Oakland for game five and seven. <laughs> for those that watched the finals, you guys know what happened. For those that didn't, I watch every game, by the way, from start to finish. Even to this day, I'm, I catch myself watching game five, six, and seven because just the performance. Like, you literally had to play. And LeBron said it. They had to play perfect. Mm-hmm. Three games in a row. Against the best team on record in history. Was that when he blocked Iguodala? That is when okay. he blocked, blocked Iguodala. We were we were at a wedding. We were at we were in Miami at at a um, crap. That wasn't that year. It wasn't. It wasn't that year. No. Was it the next year? It was. I know what year you're talking about. LeBron was in Miami the year we was in Miami and watching huh. the game. I'm, I but remember but. We weren't in Miami. I know what you're thinking about. We were in Orlando, and we were watching Game 5 at your cousin's house. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember that, because we came back to Orlando that evening after the game. Okay. At midnight. I remember. But yes, we were in Florida, but not in Miami. Um, but yeah, I don't think... I mean, just the performance, they, they played both ends of the ball, Kyrie Irving, LeBron... Man, what could have been if they oh, stayed man. together? Man, I mean, I know we got great performances from Shaq and Kobe and, you know, Kobe and Powell and so on and so on. But just the magnitude. Think about it. 7-3-9. Mm-hmm. You know, Golden State had two games on their floor. And just the way Game 7 ended was just, it was magical. The block, the Kyrie Irving in and out through the legs over, over Curry for the three. Um, and then at the end, the Kevin Love stop on Curry, um, so you can't get the three point shot off. It's just, it was just you know magical, magical after magical performances and multiple forty point games from both players. Did I give individual? You did not. Okay, individual. I would go with LeBron against Boston Game Six. Woo! Devil Bron. Yes, Devil Bron. Two thousand twelve. Yes. Sir. Okay. So Devil so Bron. let's let's touch base on that one. Yes. Sir. So. The terms of that one was that was the second year of Miami. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was talks that if you guys had lost, you guys were going to break up the big three. Yeah. Um, and for those that have been following LeBron's career, he's fell short to Boston for the past what that was about to be the third year. Mm-hmm. Um, with different teams. With different teams. And because Boston had sent him to Miami the correct, first place. Correct. And I think Miami was down what three two. Uh, let me. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, it was three two. Game six. Yeah, game six. Right. Yeah, they were right, down three right. two going into game six, and LeBron does what? Since that's your performance. I'm, let me pull it up. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, I know he have forty five. Here we go. Forty five. <laughs> looking at it now, it's ridiculous. Legacy on the line, man. Forty five points. 15 rebounds, 5 assists, and just the stare. The stare is really what gets me, man, because after that, it's like everything he does, the kids pick it up on the court, and you start seeing it. And so the summer after that, going out to pick up games and everything, mm-hmm. everybody want to do the stare. I'm like, bro, you didn't drop 45 and 15 and, and 5 on me. You can't stare at me like that, little kid. But yes, 45 and then the the I think the stat that's the craziest. He he shot 73.1% from the field. Absolutely. Absolutely ridiculous. And his his even the bigger thing that was for me cuz I watched that game and I remember it um very well. Most of the shots he took was jump shots. And mm-hmm. everybody was killing him. He can't shoot. He can't shoot. He can't shoot in big games. And not only he shot it, he shot it on probably to him, what he said, probably one of the biggest games of his career. Because I think that game was going to make a break. Yeah. Um, you know. It was a legacy performance. It was a legacy performance. So, um, you know, he came out the gate cashing in mid-range, post-up, mid-range, post-up. I mean, he did have a couple dunks and layups here and there. But he put on, that was a definitely an offensive performance by LeBron. But I feel like for people who really watched the Heat that season or had been following you knew something oh, was yeah. happening because yeah. usually LeBron Redemption before games year. he's kind of jolly and but he was like focus, focus. He looked kind of angry before the game, so I was like, something might go down tonight. And I didn't expect that, but nah, nah I don't think anyone can expect forty five, fifteen, and five. That that was that was definitely you no. Know, now that you said it, yeah, that was definitely probably performance of the decade for real. Because wow, yeah, that that changed. I think that changed his career. Yeah, after that sure. point, he he became a whole different player. Um, but let's move on. So, obviously, that's the highs. But let's go to the lows. Most disappointing player and team hmm. of the decade. Where we starting NFL or NBA? Either or. <laughs> uh, let's start with the NBA. Most di- disappointing player in the NBA from 2010 to 2020. Wow. That's a tough one. Do you have one in mind? I have a few. A few? Go ahead. I have a few. So, for those who know me for a while, and for those that really know me as a hoop head, as much as I praise LeBron, I'm going to say this on air. In 2003, I was an advocate. LeBron was not my favorite player coming out of that draft. What? And I didn't even think LeBron was the best player coming out of that draft at that time. Why would you admit such a thing? <laughs> I'm honest. I'm an honest guy. I remember I was actually playing school ball um, during that time. And believe it or not, Mr. Carmelo Anthony was my favorite player coming out of that draft. And I thought he was the better player because he had a more around, all-around game. 
coming in. LeBron wasn't. LeBron was very athletic. Yes, you know he could jump at the gym. He could pass very well. He could play defense. But to me, especially if you guys remember Carmelo's um, performance in that tournament to win the championship at Syracuse, Melo had the whole complete package. Yeah, he still was very athletic coming into the league. He could shoot. Um, he had a pro game. He had a pro body. Um, so Carmelo Anthony, and believe it or not, Carmelo Anthony is still my favorite player to this day. I'm a big LeBron fan, but if you was asking me, yes, Carmelo Anthony is my favorite player. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to go with Carmelo Anthony first only because he has not won a ring. He's done, uh, and obviously he hasn't got an MVP trophy either, but he's done everything else. Olympics, scoring title, all that good stuff. But I would love to see Carmelo Anthony at least got one ring. I'm going to go in a different direction because um, we talked about this before we got on the air. Rather than most disappointing team or player, I'm just going to go most disappointing thing that just happened in the NBA. The veto. The veto of the Chris Paul trade yes. to the Lakers. Yes, 2011. If you loved the NBA, you were mad. Absolutely. I remember I was working at Dick Sporting Goods. Mm-hmm. My man J-Rack was working with me there too, Jonathan. And we were talking about how... Um, we had the screens up there, so we saw that it, the veto came in, and that's when the NBA had owned the Hornets for a little bit and yep. vetoed the trade. Oh, man. Talk about disappointing. You want to see great things happen. You want to see how your team lines up against great. And to see how Chris Paul is still playing today yep. with the with the Phoenix Suns and how he's raised their level of play to now they're, what, 5-1? and one? Yeah. And, and the one. Sixers are 5-1, and one, so East and West there, surprising team. So I'm just like, man, what could have been? I think With him so. and Kobe? Whoo! Two Powell. Bulldogs. And Powell. Oh, man, we got robbed. NBA fans got robbed. We were, yeah. Yeah, we were robbed. I mean, even... Still to this day, the details of that, why that went down still like wild. that, I don't understand why, yeah. that, why they allowed that to happen. I think I think Chris Paul would definitely have a championship on his ring, at least one. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kobe might have had one or two more championships. Facts. I think it has to do with the small market team discussion. You know, for the NBA, they knew if they let Chris Paul go to the Lakers, the Hornets would pretty much be done with. But okay, um, yeah, I'll, that's that's most disappointing for me. Um, most disappointing team. I'm going to go with. Beyonce, I got two. The first You're talking one, about NFL or NBA? NBA still. NBA, gotcha. The first one was Lob City. For all the hype they had, there was on ESPN, TNT every night. And if you look at the roster, they had a good roster. Matt Barnes, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul, J.J. Redick. Um, at one point, Karan Butler. I mean, they had a squad. Yeah, they did. And for the way they just dropped egg after egg year after year, um, yeah, was pretty disappointing. Um, I don't know why Lob City failed so hard. I, I, I thought they were... I mean, honest, when, when that veto happened and Chris Wall was going to the Clippers, I said, oh, shoot. They might dethrone the Lakers as team of L.A. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Um, but I'm going for the Los Angeles Clippers for that for that decade. Um, we we got to talk about OKC, man. Uh, because... I was just about to get into that, <laughs> We got to talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Got to talk about OKC. Okay, so... For those that remember, OKC did something that a lot of teams are not able to do. Um, I I even think Boston currently now is trying to do it, and they still probably not going to do it. There was a time OKC, let me guys, let me make you guys remember, had Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. <laughs> James Harden, 
<laughs> Reggie Jackson, Jeff Green, Serge Ibaka. Oh my God, I forgot about Serge. All on the same team, and they all were under 28. How the heck did they do that? Currently, right now, does this? Let's take the three stars: Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Harding. Let's look at the personal accolades between the three. That's four MVPs. That's four scoring titles. No, no, I'm sorry, wrong. That's seven scoring titles. Goodness. That is two championships. Although that's only with one person. Obviously with KD. <laughs> and But once they start playing it, send hard into Miami. But anyway. And three <laughs> years of triple doubles. Wow. Obviously by Westbrook. Of course. What a dynamic three. And this organization blew all that up because of four million dollars. Ouch. Ouch. And now they got four million draft picks. <laughs> I don't think we I think honestly, by the time maybe I get in my fifties, this will be a thirty for thirty because it's just now Kevin Durant is just not turning thirty-two. Remind you, OKC was in the finals against Miami in twenty twelve. That was yep. eight years ago. We decimated them boys. So Kevin Durant would have been what twenty-three. Yep. So that means we didn't get to see the true potential of what that core could have really been. And we don't know if we would have been able to because, uh, yes, they may have been able to re-sign that first time, first contract, but we never know. We may Championships have... change people's yeah. minds. And money. And money, of course. Yeah. And obviously, we, we know because we see it now. You know, you could go to another team and get a bigger bag. Obviously, that's what Harden done. Mm-hmm. That's what Westbrook done. That's what Kevin Durant done. But they could have been probably the best dynasty because they were all young and yep. very good very early. It, I think it could have been one of the best dynasties that we never got to see. I happen. would have paid them whatever they were asking, but... I don't see why knows? not. Who knows? <laughs> but for NFL, who do you have? Most... What are we talking about? Most... Disappointing team and player? Oh, that's easy. Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> By a mile. Dallas Cowboys. And I'll throw in the player as well, Tony Romo. Okay. Um, it's just because, unfortunately, he played for Dallas Cowboys. But then he turned it around and got into the booth, and he's a star in the booth. That's what he was born to do. I don't know why he played quarterback. But uh, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, um, for all you Dallas Cowboys fans out there, you know how it feels to be you. Sucks to suck. <laughs> so I'm, I'm taking Dallas Cowboys, obviously, only because every year on paper – those Cowboys fans, oh man, we're going to take it this year. We're going to take it this year. And they do have a nice team on paper every year. You have the quarterback, you got the receivers, you got the running back, but then you end up 7 and 9 and 8 and 8 and first round. Every lock. single year. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, Jerry Jones is spending all this money and there's no Super Bowls to show for it. So definitely the Dallas Cowboys. But most disappointing player. Ooh, in the NFL, this one's going to shock a lot of people. And not because of his performance, only because I don't think he got to really show us everything. And I'm going to go with Megatron. Hmm. Um, the fact that he ended his career early, um, not you know, just by choice. 
but I wish Megatron, just like Barry Sanders, obviously I didn't get to watch Barry Sanders, but like all the old heads said, just like Barry Sanders retired early, I wish Megatron didn't retire early. I think he might have had a chance to win a Super Bowl by now. but Not in Detroit. Well, he wouldn't be in Detroit. You know, yeah. Obviously, I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick would have called him up and yeah. brought him to New England, just yeah. like they did Randy Moss. But, man, I don't think... I mean, I know we got DK Metcalf. I know we got D-Hop now and all these guys. But I don't think... It's going to be a... I mean, the things Megatron used to do in the field... I'm sorry. Call up whatever DB you want. <laughs> no man one-on-one is checking him. Facts. He, he had it all. He, he had, had it all. Speed. Speed, yeah. height, physique, yeah. hands, route running. And his quarterback wasn't the best in the league every year. When you talk about disappointing, Matt Stafford was drafted in, what, 2009? And he's done a bunch of nothing since. I mean, he's put up stats. He's put up stats, yeah. He's got in the bag because Detroit got to spend it, you know. But, yeah, I'm definitely going with Megatron. Um, My favorite receiver of all time. Um, I just wish, you know, he he didn't retire as early as he did. But definitely, um, it would have been nice to see what Megatron could really, I guess, come out to be if he played the second half of his career out. Okay, okay. So... What are were what were some the most memorable situations? So just there's so many. Of course, we can start with um, LeBron's decision in 2010 and how that changed player empowerment. Till today, you have basically players are pouting their way out of contracts and telling them, you know, just making things blow up. I mean, hey, I'm not mad at it because it got us Jimmy Butler, and maybe if Harden out Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, <laughs> so <laughs> and maybe you can come to Miami as well. But the empowerment for the player, do you see it as a good thing or a bad thing? I see it as both. Um, it definitely puts a lot of player. I'm mean, I'm sorry, a lot of power in the player's hands, but that can also be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, has a hoop head. Yes, you do. You want to see the Lakers, the Boston, the Miami, the New Yorks on TV, but I also do like, you know. For those that have been watching basketball for a while, um, like the early 2000s, every t- do you remember the time where every night it was a game to watch? Mm-hmm. Every night. Every team was a team to watch. There was at least one star or very good players on every team across the board. Minnesota had KG. Yep. Utah had Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer. Wow. Cleveland had LeBron, <laughs> a young LeBron. Denver had a young um, Carmelo. Miami had a young... Um, Dwayne Wade, you know, Lakers had Kobe, so on and so on and so on. So every night was a game to watch. Even even small teams like Trailblazers. I mean, they had Brandon Roy, which a lot of people has, you know, forgot about. But oh, man. You know, what could have been. And then Seattle at the time had Ray Allen. So, you know, I, I just wish the NBA kind of went back to that, especially with the upcoming stars coming out. I just think now it's a little bit lopsided. Because, I mean, at the start of the season, you can kind of tell, okay, no matter what will happen, we know who the top five teams are going to be every year. Unless there's a big trade, obviously, like Kawhi going to the Clippers and LeBron going to the Lakers. That's when the landscape gets changed. But for the most part, I mean, when's the last time Atlanta been re- relevant? When's the last time? Um, I mean, they're a little bit relevant now, but Phoenix been relevant. When's the last time Orlando been relevant? You know, all these teams, Yikes! you know, used to be, <laughs> they used to be on TV. Amari. And yeah. um, Steve Nash in Phoenix, Dwight, and all those shooters in Orlando. So that's that's why I kind of think, you know, I hope that um, NBA put 
a little chokehold on that. You know, don't let all the stars just go to these big cities and stack up and have super teams. And then next, you know, you just got five good teams and a whole bunch of trash after that in the league. Well, it has changed. It used to be, you know, when it was Ray Allen, KG, and Paul Pierce, when they started that whole big three type of thing, which, I mean, they didn't start it. They brought it back because there's been big threes in the NBA. Um even back to the Showtime Lakers days, those were stacked teams. Don't let no old head tell you differently. But um, now we're seeing, especially with this past year, I think it's the culmination of the past, I think since 2015, this has been the change because you're starting to see it was Stephen Clay and then to a lesser extent, Draymond. Mm-hmm. Then now we're seeing LeBron and AD. Actually, before that was LeBron and Kyrie. Yep. And then now we see LeBron and AD. Wade and Shaq, mm-hmm. you know, was a little bit before. Kawhi but that was, you know, it was, you're, you're starting to see we're going to a two-star uh, league with a lot of good pieces around. Which them. I like. Which is fine to me. I like it. Because uh, then you got a lot more teams that can play well. Absolutely. I like that. I definitely think... Um, that's the way to go. You know, you get your two stars, and then you just build around that. But in the NFL, you cannot ever forget the sacrifice made by Colin Kaepernick and uh, the kneeling. It was one of the most explosive things. Quick story. Um, as some may or may not know, I have a cousin who plays in the NFL. Watched him play all the way through uh, college. But I remember in that year, I think he was a sophomore. Yeah, he was. Yeah. 2016? No, 2016. He was a freshman. He was a freshman 2016 because he went 2016, Correct, 2020. Yeah. So he's a freshman. We were playing. I say we, but Georgia Southern was playing against Auburn. And I'll never forget. That's when stuff just started popping off with Colin Kaepernick. And mind you, I'm in the deep south. And... <laughs> You know, ain't no big money. We up in the nosebleeds. So a lot can go down in the nosebleeds. And it didn't even, like, pass my mind. Like, we the, the anthem started playing and everyone stood up. But I was tired. I had driven from, you know, Atlanta to Auburn straight, like, early morning to get there by noon, by, by kickoff. And um, I was tired. I wasn't even thinking about the kneeling situation. And we stayed, me and my wife stayed sitting down. And... It wasn't until, like, I heard someone behind me say, pitiful, or something like that. Like, stand up and salute the flag. And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? And I'm like, oh, I forgot about that situation. Did I stand up? Hell no. I'm a grown-ass man. I don't give, I don't give a damn. You're going to have to come get me, you know. And even right. then, I'm taking your head off. But still, it was just that situation was larger than life, and it lasted so long. I mean, it's still going on. Colin still is even, not in the league. Now. Um, so it was one of the biggest situations that I think has happened in all of sports because now there's this change, you know, even in the NBA, like to see Black Lives Matter on the court, you would never, ever think these billionaire owners or would have allowed even it. shut down a whole um, a whole day's worth of games yeah. across every league. Yep. We saw that earlier this year. Player empowerment, man. You know, it just it definitely, definitely has changed a lot of things. Um, the voices are definitely being heard. Yeah. But, um, obviously, for those that have been, you know, keeping up with us this whole season, um, we like to touch not only on sports, but the money behind sports. Yeah, absolutely. So, most memorable groundbreaking contracts. 
I'm going to go in the NBA. I'm going to go with Steph. I remember the day you called me and said, bruh, Steph just got 200 mil. It was 205, I 205. believe. 205. And I said, what? Run, run, run <laughs> that back. Run that back. You said yes, 205 mil. That was the first 200 plus contract in the NBA ever. I had never heard one. of such money. Um, but truth be told, I had heard actually. Because they have been getting that kind of money in the in the MLB. Correct. Albert Pujols when he got three hundred million. Yeah. And then, but that was over the span of so many years. 10, 10 12 years, yeah. So I was like, eh, whatever. But then just breaking down the numbers of Steph's contract, it's just ridiculous. To now, you know, it's it's just whatever. it's commonplace. You know, Max contract is gonna be around two hundred million. So yeah, that was the most uh, memorable contract situation for me. Okay. Um I'm going to go same year, but in probably the same week. But I'm gonna go with Mr. James Harden, mm-hmm. only because his was an extension, yeah, of two ten. <laughs> um, wow, I, I didn't think that was gonna happen. He deserved it. He played well for Houston, especially during that time frame. That's when he was going in that battle with Golden State um, in the playoffs. But yeah, for you get an extension for two ten. And, I mean, granted, like I said, you know, earlier in the episode, you know, he came from OKC, and it's crazy that they had to let him go because of $4 million, and then eight years later, he gets a 210 <laughs> extension. So it's like, hey, he could have just up. paid him. Yeah, he could have <laughs> just paid him. But definitely James Harden. And in the NFL, I think it's a no-brainer, knock out of the park. Everybody knows. My homeboy, half a billy. Yeah. Um. I didn't see it coming. I remember this was the talks between me and you, me, and talks to, um, to some of our other friends. Um, how much he's going to get? Is he going to get 200? Is he going to get three? Is it, how long is the contract? And then out of nowhere, nobody saw this coming. 505. That's just ridiculous, man. And it's still shocking every time I talk about it. Like, man, he really just got paid. I mean, yes. The contracts for probably the rest of his time playing in the NFL, mm-hmm. but for an NFL contract, this is not NBA now. This is NFL contract. For once, I saw five has the first number. I said, "Nah, this is, <laughs> I don't need to read the rest." But that's incredible. But definitely, he's played up to it. He deserves it. And maybe this is gonna be the new trend. You know, these upcoming stars. If you perform at a very, very high level, level at the early ages of your career. As you can see, these teams will pay. I was going to go, actually, with Peyton Manning's contract back in 2012. Okay. When he left the Colts and went, and to, went Denver, to Denver. Okay. Uh, five years, $96 million. Not the numbers really what shocked me. What shocked me is because he was old. And he came off that surgery. And I was like, what are you doing, Denver? And it proved him right. I mean, he still won. So, uh, that was that was incredible to me. Five years, ninety six million, and today's money would have been one hundred ninety eight million. Mm. So he mm. definitely got, he got paid. paid. That's more than that's more than um, Deshaun's new contract. Mind you, the salary cap back then was one twenty. Wow. So I don't know how Denver won a championship by paying him. Well, that much. they had young guys. Von Miller was still young, so they they didn't pay Von Miller. Yet. Well, then again, and then of course it's it's over the yeah five year five, five years, year so. term. Well, last but not least, now that we're starting a new decade, this is the first year going into a new trend, a new decade of sports. What do you look forward to as far as, you know, how the league has changed? Who's your new upcoming star? Who are you looking forward to to seeing in these next 10 years? 
um, on both on both leagues. I mean, I'm biased uh, in the NFL. I, I look at the NFL differently now. Um, I mean, I, I watch not just as a fan, but as a family member now. And being around uh, Kendall, it's been a joy to be able to see him rise to the NFL. But then seeing the inner workings of the NFL now, it's been it's been. Absolutely. Really cool. And being able to meet other guys that are in the NFL and seeing how normal they are. You know, these are not guys that are pretentious by any means. They're not divas. These are guys that just love football. So me going forward is uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to just seeing how well my cousin can do, to be honest. Um, besides that, uh, Tua. I, I love seeing Tua. I love seeing Lamar Jackson. I love seeing Russell. Um, I almost said Westbrook. Russell Sierra Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing the black quarterbacks do well, save for Tua. But I, I love Tua because of the culture behind it. I like the way that the NFL is going. They're, they're becoming a little bit more open-minded, and that is a far cry from what you would have believed when Colin Kaepernick took a knee. Um, in the NBA, um, I just like the parody in the NBA. You okay. would think that people are getting blown out, but because we have that two-star system, you're starting to see things crop up here and there. You would think the Nets were going to be you know, undefeated right now, and they're three and four. And so it, it's just a lot of parody. A lot of that has to do with the last season, um, but it's cool to see all these young guys, I think the best thing for me, I can't really single out one person for sure, but I just like seeing that these guys are coming from, from college ready to go. I, I guess I would talk about Tyler Hero. You know, when you think about the Miami Heat, they don't play rookies. Last rookie they played was, you know, some guy who wore number three who's going to be a Hall of Famer someday. But that was the last guy. And to see that they're playing Tyler Hero and starting him now so that's a good thing, but also in the rest of the league, you got guys like Kalapari that's telling you, hey, plug and play. Just just put my guys in there and they're ready to play. So that's exciting because ain't nobody got time for rookies sucking. Nobody want to see that. <laughs> I agree, I agree. Um, for me, in the NFL side, um, I'm going to go with the emergence of the black quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is the first time and probably ever we've seen – not only black quarterbacks as starters, but black quarterbacks excelling in a, let's be honest, a white dominant league. Not only that, a white dominant position. Correct. Um, I'm definitely looking forward towards that, towards the next decade. And as far as player, um, again, Pat Mahomes. Um, he's wild me. He's still wild me. I And the only reason I'm pack, picking Pat is, one, I want him to beat Brady's record. I want him to get six rings or more. But I just really want to see how long is he going to play at this very, very elite level. Like I said, Aaron Rodgers is my favorite quarterback. Um, Obviously, Aaron Rodgers' career is coming to an end very soon. So now it's time for a new change, a new face. And Pat Mahomes is that guy for me. Um, You know, what he's done already, the excitement he brings to the game. But he just seems like a great team player. Yeah. Um, So Pat Mahomes. And the NBA, um, I agree. I kind of like what the NBA is now going back to. The three, um, the big three phase was cool, but eh, it got kind of dull because obviously we knew who was going to be in the finals every year. Then the super super team thing where Golden State happened and that got washed out. But now it's kind of a little bit more balanced. The the young guys are growing up really fast. The more vets are still there, but it's a little bit more balanced now. The East is coming back a little bit stronger every year. 
Um, and that again, that two star or two superstar tandem with a lot of good role players, I think is just perfect what the league um, needs. But the face of the league, once Mr. LeBron leaves, which is going to be a very, very sad day in the league, um, I'm going to go with two guys. And I keep going back and forth who's going to take the throne, but I guess it would just come down to who wins the championship first. I'm going to go with Luka Doncic mm-hmm. and Jason Tatum. Mm. That's my two faces. No Zion? No Zion. Wow. No Zion. Um, I'm going to go with those two guys as far as the face of the league once LeBron leaves. Mm. Well, uh, I guess it depends. For me, it depends on, to be honest, what the NBA wants. And the NBA truly, truly wants Zion to be the face of the league. I don't believe he's going to be. I just, I, I something is something about Zion, to me, is off. I, I think he's going to be a productive player. Don't get me wrong. But... Something just it doesn't he doesn't scream it guy he doesn't have that charisma he doesn't have he doesn't inspire mystery to me like I'm not awestruck watching Zion um, it just it's like a football player playing basketball he's just he is something that we haven't seen before but I just I, I can't see it so I, I do like Luca um, I am very interested to see how far Devin Booker can go. Very okay. interested, and I'm glad they got CP3. Um, so I'm looking forward to see how many points he can score over his lifetime. Unfortunately, I don't think he's gonna win any championships, but hey, you never know. You never um, know. what team you got to look forward to this year as far as maybe that new contender team or even dominant team? Hmm, I know it's still early, the decade just started, but yeah, um, I you know. Of course, I would say Miami, but I'm trying to think of someone else, another team. Who you got? Let me think. Well, for the NFL, I got the Chiefs until you knock out Mahomes, of course. Um, for the NBA, I'm going to go with my boys. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. And on the West, only because the West, to me, I feel like changes every two years. <laughs> Um, but as of right now where it stands, even though they're off to a slow start this year, I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets. Oh, nice. With Michael Porter Jr., if yeah. he develops into what we, he should be, Denver could be back. Your mom Murray's still there. Jokic yep. is still there. That's yep. a good one. Yep. Um, I think uh, I like to see what's going on with the big men right now. Um, we're starting to see a reincarnation of KG everywhere. <laughs> um, you know, seeing AD and seeing Bam out of bio, how they're evolving. And then seeing Christian Wood. Oh, my God. Like, Christian Wood is literally getting better with every single game in Houston. So, the big man is changing they're putting the ball on the floor. They can shoot threes. It's not just a European guy that can do that. It's not just a KP that can do that to you. Now everyone's getting on that wave. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. So I would say, if if I'm forced to say a team, I would say Miami, of course. And I mean, uh, you guys got player, a young squad, so you know the player would be Bam Adebayo. Okay, so Bam, Luca, and Jason Tatum, and you got Miami, mm-hmm. and I got Atlanta Hawks. You got it. Well, that's all we got for you guys this week. Um, thanks for tuning in. Again, Happy New Year. And let us know what you think. What was your memorable performances, player or team, in this past decade? And what are you looking forward towards the next decade? We'll see you next week. All right, Cash Crew. Till next time. This episode is brought to you in part by Sneaker Broker. 
Do you have a favorite sneaker that you've been waiting on, but it's sold out everywhere, including online? Shop with Sneaker Broker, a premium sneaker dealer based in Atlanta. They'll take care of you and try to find you whatever you need. Find out more by visiting their Instagram at SNKR underscore broker. That is at SNKR underscore broker to find out more. What's up, Cash Crew? This is KD. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to find us on social media at sports underscore cash underscore. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at sports cash podcast. And don't forget to hit that notification bell.